When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. Oh my gosh. How you been, Mike? Jim, I've been good. How are you and how are the pipes? Pipes are clean. Uh, for those of you, well, I was just about to start the podcast and I was like, we got to hold up because Jim's bowels are screaming right now. Jim, I know you're ready, but we're not. So can we, so the pipes are clean, all cleared out. Um, I don't know what the sound is like today, but uh, my headphones are broke. I'm on location. I've been traveling forever. So I want to thank you for holding up the fort. I don't know what we aired. I'm assuming we, the last two weeks we aired all the stuff that we were pre-taping, getting ready for. I think our last time really in the States was Robert Kenny Jr. when we did that podcast. The yep. rest were all pre-done before that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They were banked in, man. We were ready to go. We were banked in. I'm getting ready to travel again. So I'm technically still on the road. I'm I'm taping gut felt tonight. Um it's uh yeah so it's got fell this week i'm in my mother-in-law's basement here in chester new jersey uh and we just got i i feel like i have so much to catch up on we're gonna go into where i was which was a safari tanzania we're gonna get into the tour dates right away true brew weekend is coming up september when is that mike September, September 16th we go. and the 17th. Yes, and there's multi, multi things going on that weekend. We have a comedy show, we have rooftop cocktails, we have VIP, you know, the meet and greets. Uh, Sunday is personally going to be my favorite day because that's where a lot of you listen to me here and Patreon or wherever with the, uh, well, I've done, I've done the stories here and I'm going to bring up one real quick about personal deeper spiritual journeys that are just they're really happened to me and they're just true journeys and they're not there's no preaching i'm not bringing a book to talk about i'm not selling a book the greatest one of the greatest um compliments i ever hear to be honest with you is when someone says and i've had this said to me when you talked about when your dad died and the cardinal it, it changed my life because it made me start thinking about things that happened in my life when you talked about uh 
one of your relatives that lost their father and they never had a great relationship. And then you told the true story of how you knew their father and that moment in time touched your life and you didn't realize in time you'd touch his life. And so like, just, it's the way the circle, you can look at life in multiple ways. You can look at life as, oh, it sucks and this and that, but you don't know what the grand scheme of things. And if something happens here, whether it's a tragedy uh, and a lot of times it comes out of tragedy and how you look of certain pieces are moved and removed and how it affects something down the road that can change things for the better or make you grow in a deeper spiritual realm. Uh, it, you, this, this earth, this life plan isn't on your plan. It's not on your plan. I know we keep making plans, but it's not on your plan. There's some other plan and. We really got to understand and respect how valuable and beautiful life is every day. So I have some stories. I have multiple stories that I'm super excited to share with all of you. And I'm going to do that that Sunday morning. And I got to say, I've been dying to do this for probably 20, 25 years. So that's why, to be dead honest with you, the True Brew Weekend is way, way... It, it has a deeper meaning to me than many of you realize. And we just got a cool, I mean, we have multiple sponsors jumping in on this, but is it fruit? What is that? Through the earth? Yeah. The aloe guys, when you were uh, torched. Whew. Let me tell you something. And all we did was talk about them because I was just being honest. That thing saved my life. The fruit of the earth saves my life. And they're also going to help out a little bit with that weekend. So I appreciate them. I appreciate them. A, because you saved my ass when I burnt myself to a crisp. And B, just in general, I, I really like that. It's a great product. So, all right. So here we're going to check out some voice messages. Let's hear some, uh, pick two out specifically, but go ahead. Okay. This is uh, Tom from the Hard Rock. Tom from the Hard Rock. Yes, we're going to get into this. Good morning, Jim. Just saw you at the Ted Nugent concert out at the Hard Rock in Tampa. I shouted at you. I hope you had a great time. I did, too. You made uh, mine and my wife's night just by uh, showing up. True fan. Have a blessed day. Hope the family's doing well. So... Okay, here's a funny how God works story, or as my one friend on the Patreon, Mark, would say, these are little God winks. So I know I had him on the, I know I had him on the, uh, um, uh, before I even go into the guy. So I have a friend in in florida and he's he lives in michigan i'm actually going to visit him very soon and so he 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 wanted to go see ted nugent now i did a benefit concert hertz arena for the hurricane relief that we had hurricane ian that we had a devastated fort myers still devastated it's gonna be devastated for years and we did a benefit concert um, and Ted Nugent was on the show. I never met the guy. Um, and he absolutely crushed. I mean, he got that crowd crazy. And 
I was unaware. Uh, I, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I know Cash Scratch Fever and, and, and one or two other hits. I don't know. I grew up a metalhead. So he said, hey, man, I want to go see I want to go see Ted Nugent. And I got to meet Ted Nugent that concert. He was hilarious and very vibrant, great energy, incredible human being. I know some people have very uh, in intense views on him, and that's fine. I'm open to everybody. So my friend Greg goes, hey, I want to go see Ted Nugent. Like, all right, well, I'll come back from Africa and a thing, and we're home for a The only one I can really go see is when Ted Nugent is in Tampa at the Hard Rock. So he goes, all right, you know what? I got I to gotta fly back to Florida from Michigan or something, so I'll fly into Tampa. I said, great. I'll, I'll drive three hours from Naples to Tampa. I'll pick you up that day. Um, I'll get tickets. Got the tickets. And we'll hit Airbnb, and we'll drive back to Naples the next day. Boom, plan set. Now, I reach out to Ted Nugent. Hey, is it cool if my friend, my friend's a huge fan? Just a quick picture. Absolutely, blah, blah, blah. Ted goes out of his way, super nice, blah, blah, blah. I drive three hours to go pick up my buddy in Tampa. I pick him up. We go to dinner, had a killer dinner. I think we ate at like Charlie's. It was called Charlie's Steakhouse in Tampa. The place was unbelievable. I call it tonight. We're going to eat like gentlemen. And me and gentlemen are like, we're going to drop some coin and we're going to sit down. It's going to be nice. So me and him, we go there. We go to the concert. Now, we're probably there about a uh, we had to be there at eight o'clock to say hello to Ted and I bring my friend. Now, the last time I saw Ted Nugent, he's like, Hey man, what's going on? There's a million people here. His energy's through the roof. And he's showing me, he's laughing, telling stories. Blah, blah, blah. This time he had a different energy and he was, he was like, Oh man, my dog's dead. Something's going on with his dog. He was totally bummed. You tell his heart was, he was bummed, right? His emotions were like, Oh man, I just got this news today. And da, da, da. he's showing me a picture and, I was like, all right, well, you know, I didn't want to, I did not want to be in it. I, I understand his space as an entertainer. And not only that, I think the guy's in his seventies and he's funny as hell. He's like, oh, by the way, be as close as you can to the Marshall stack. Because uh, when I play, you know, when I, when I play music in the close yard of the Marshall stacks, it, 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 uh, it cures you from rabies. Like, dude, the, the guy is, the guy's hilarious. He's hilarious. And he's showing me pictures with Sam Kinison and George Lopez all throughout the years. All these guys that came to see him. Comedians, famous people. And before the concert, I started going, oh, my God, I know more songs than I anticipated. And he's been around a long time. Um, so a lot of people are recognizing me. And there's no real, as, as after we do the meet and greet, there's a lot of people recognizing me and they're coming up to me and I'm trying not to draw attention and I'm kind of, but the minute one person takes a picture now everyone's coming out and I'm, I'm kind of looking for places to hide, to go outside where everyone's smoking, but I do So then I go another place and my friend's never seen it. So like, well, this is, I, I didn't know this happens. Like I haven't, I haven't been out with you. I'm like, yeah. Hey. I go, you know what? Let's go in this quiet little spot. Um, and you know what? I got to go to the bathroom too. And it's maybe about 10 minutes before the concert start, before Ted Nugent goes on. And so 
I go, I'm walking to the bathroom and as I'm walking in, I literally bump into this guy, Lou Angel Wolf, who was one of, was part of one of my great God and God awareness awakenings. And so, so, so Lou, let me tell you the story about Lou real quick. And we did it on the podcast here. Way, way, way back when I'm just getting past the open mic stage in Clearwater, Florida, Ron Benton's comedy scene, and I'm starting to do gigs. Lou was kind of the house MC at the show, and he was getting some road gigs. And he goes, Brewski, hey, kid, call me kid, kid. Why don't you come with me to Daytona Beach? I got to do some hell gigs. And you open up for me. And so I drove my car to Daytona Beach. And he's, you know, we were in a really crappy condo, really man, gnarly looking condo. And um, the next morning, you know, the gig was horrible. It was a biker bar. It was really bad. I don't remember it. I only had to do like 10 minutes. And, you know, he's the one that has to stand there for 40, 45 minutes. And, um, it's probably like 1990, somewhere around there, maybe 1991. And I'm, I've always been the uppity, hey, man, you know, all for one, one for all. You know, we're all going to live life and life is going to be great. And the next morning, Lou wakes up. I wake up. I'm getting ready to go. It's probably maybe, I don't know, 9, 30, 10 in the morning. And Lou's smoking a joint. He, he's smoking a joint in his bed. And I said, he goes, Brewski, you want to hit? And God, no, it's. It's too early. Because what do you mean too early? It's never too early. I go, nah, man. If I smoke that now, I'll be ruined. Nah, I got to drive. No. I can't believe you're getting high this early in the morning. And he goes, you know, Brewski, I'm really disappointed in God. God is, uh, he, he didn't promise me all the things. He goes in this whole, like, I'm disappointed in God and what he's about and all that. And I'm, I, I'm young. I'm like, Lou, I remember saying, like, Lou, don't talk like that. Please, like, don't, don't. It has nothing to do with God. It's you and your choices and this. And he was like, no, you know, it's God. I'm like, please don't, please stop saying. And he's laughing at me. He's like, you know, you're young, which you my age. And you see what life's truly about and how it bears down on you. And da, da, da. It's all a, it's a whole woe me story. You don't get it. You don't understand all that jazz. We all have those people in our lives, and some of them I'm speaking to right now. And I go, please, just just try to look at things differently. Like there's great things about, you know, you look at existence, and we're blessed each day. And he's just laughing, and he goes, you know, Brusky, what are you afraid that if I say God is, God doesn't exist? Are you afraid he's going to strike me down? I went, no, just just. He's like, oh, God's going to strike me down. I'm like, just please stop. So we part ways. And I think I did a road gig or two. And when back then when I do the road gig, I couldn't wait to get, come home to my home club, Ron Banning's comedy scene in Clearwater, Florida at that time. And see all the other open mic and friends and see who's doing the road and get to see Lou because he's always the house MC and hear the stories where he's been. It's like, you know, giddy Lou, like, hey, <clears throat> I go to the club. I don't know. It's maybe like two. I, I don't remember how much time passed. 
But time passes, and I go there, and I think it was a guy named Gary Wilcox, or, or Kevin Rogers was there. He's comedians back in the day. And I'm like, where's Lou? Is he not hosting? And I think it was Kevin Rogers. Went, you didn't hear about Lou? Well, what about Lou? He's like, dude, he's 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 old Jesus right now. What do you who are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? He goes, no, I'm being dead serious. He goes, he got in a bad accident. Um, like he died. His femurs broke. His legs broke. This is broke. Like he literally died on the table, and they brought him back, and he found Jesus and talked to God. Like. What? What are you? What are you talking about? And yeah, it turned out he got in a horrible accident when we left. And so that I'm not saying that's the reason why, but that if you're having that conversation with someone and you see where they're at in life and where I'm at, and and you have that, that they'll freak you out if that's the next thing you hear. Coincident, what, however you want to define it, it'll freak you out. You can't tell me that wouldn't freak you out. And so I, I finally get to see Lou, and he, it, you know, he's going through. Hey, he's like, Brewski, my whole life has changed. You know, uh, God showed me a lot, and so he's this whole different human being. And he's trying to get me. You know, he's like, do you read a Bible? I'm like, yeah, I'm not reading a Bible. I, said, I try 10 minutes, thou this, I'm out. I just, no. I go, I'm, a, I'm good with God. I'm good with God. And so Lou, from that moment, though, becomes a really incredible, I would call it a spiritual God guy for me. Give me a little, I go, Lou, what do you, th what do you think about this? And he goes, oh, well, Brewski, you know, this is the, 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 the God's way and the devil's way. And he would he would put it very simply. And he was a great human being to talk to and all that jazz. So throughout the years, as I moved on, he's always got a special place in my heart and my spirit and my soul. And he's in my book. He's, he's in my book, Lou Angel Wolf, right? Cut to um, more recently... There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in my personal life. You know, I, I don't share all my personal stuff with you. Um, some things just need to stay personal. And the more the more it kicks in, the more I'm. St I, I, it's like I got to get rid of all the clouds and whatever, and just have a little reminder, knowing I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to God. I'm a guy that goes and I'm silent. And I sit on the bench like, God, what do you want me to do? Well, however I can serve you, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to do, please, can you just show it to me? How do I talk to my daughter? Should I talk to my, blah, blah, blah. That's, and that's what I do. And then I, I peacefully take a walk or whatever and clear my mind. Right. So out of nowhere, out of nowhere, you know, I'm coming back from Africa, blah, blah, blah. For some reason, Lou's on my mind. And Lou Angel Wolf has this little twinkle in his eye every time I see him. And it just kind of reminds me of like, wow, we're all connected. Time, you see someone here and it just reminds you of little simple moments. I'm going, I can't describe the emotions I was going through. And what I was going through, it had nothing to do with Ted Nugent, it had nothing to do with the concert. It's just the time 
that I'm living right now here on earth and that specific time that I really needed a, a little, a little reminder. Hey, Jim, you're okay. Remember this? Remember where we're at? And bro, And again, just like FBI Bob, if you haven't heard that thing, would save the cat. And again, you can look at it as coincidence. You can say, I'm a cook, whatever. That's how I look at things. That's how I look at things. I, I'm thrown off course and driving out of the way and all this stuff. And, and we need these little things in life. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, my wife and I, we're going through, everyone, we're going through things. And out of nowhere, I was freaking kitten, and I don't want any animals anymore. And all because I'm going to see my friend Bob, who passed away. God rest his soul. Beautiful human being. And now this cat is thrown, this kitten is thrown into our lives. Which, by the way, that's another thing. My wife and I are, everyone goes through struggles of how to reconnect with one another, blah, blah, blah. And we I'm trying, I'm praying to God and God's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta start dating again. You gotta start having fun again. You gotta start being Jim the way he used to tackle her in a room and, and just blindly, not violently, uh, is do all these fun, playful things. And you gotta get back to playing, 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 playing cut to again. I think it was, uh, same night as the concert. So now I bump into Lou literally walking to the bathroom. And I went, dude, like, what are you, he goes, oh, I love Ted Nugent. I'm here to see Ted Nugent. Of all the, of all the human beings to bump into, I'm driving three hours out of my way. I'm, I'm picking my friend up. I could have been, it could have been any time. I could have been backstage that whole time. All the elements that lead to just walking in the bathroom as he's walking out, we just bump into each other. And I got this deep, beautiful feeling inside, just a smile. We got a picture of Lou. And so I said, Hey, I got two extra, I got two extra seats next to me. Why don't you come over here? Do we have a picture of Lou? This is Lou. And he looks like Gandalf or whatever his name is from Lord of the Rings. And so now he's next to me at the concert. And I'm just, you know, looking. And then we, we separated ways. And it was just a, as my friend Mark would say, just a little God wing. I felt like God just goes, how you doing, kid? You never know when I'm just going to show up, just give you a little reminder. Like, hey, keep doing what you're doing out here. I'm around you. I'm always here. Don't ever forget that. I'm here when you need me. And then I go home. And again, now I'm thinking of the playful spirit. And all that jazz. And my wife FaceTimes me. You know, we're talking. And she FaceTimes me. And the, and the two of us, we're watching us. Because this kitten we have. All this thing wants to do is play, play, play. And we play and we laugh our ass off with this cat. I should have named the cat Bob. Which, again, what I was saying before was here I am going up to... Uh, a funeral for my friend Bob and now this cat is plopped into our lives and I don't want anything to do with it, any kind of animal in our house anymore and then we go to the funeral and then at the funeral the, 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 um, his wife's sister goes up and starts talking about Bob and she mentions and by the way he created the computer program called Save the Cat and I went what? 
like these are, you know, is it, like, what is that? A coincidence? Yeah, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And so here's Luke, gives me Luke Godwin, bink, I go home. And then as I'm watching the cat, I'm like, oh my God, my wife and I are laughing our ass off. It's his cat. That's what this cat is bringing. And his cat's starting to bring. I, I know I sound kooky right now. It's okay. It's all right. I'm just saying, you don't know how the world turns. And So anyway, all that is from Tom, Tom's message that he left me just now. That was a great voice message. And you just gave me a little reminder and a little more of a smile on my heart because there were so many more things to that concert for me than just going to see Ted Nugent, which by the way, that's another thing. Just talking about Ted Nugent. The guy's a, I can't even air guitar the way he plays naturally. I was so uneducated on the way this guy plays guitar. He would, he sat, there was a lot of times he sounded like Angus Young, ACDC. And I was like, whoa, it's very Angus, the way he's playing. And then uh, I was like, who was, Fred? he was long before ACDC, long before. And then I understood like, wow, this guy's a legend incredible guitar play if you got a chance to see some real kick-ass rock go check out nugent man it's just and he don't give a shit so if you're politically and you love that's not if you love biden don't go sam he does a whole song about that so you might not be happy about that and he don't give a rat's ass he don't give a rat's ass and i respect that whether you're against him or not i respect that I respect the guy that doesn't, he doesn't live in fear. He doesn't live in fear. He's a constitutionalist, full-blown constitutionalist. And I got to be honest with you. I feel like I am too, especially the more I find out about it. Um, and then one other voicemail. We got one more voicemail. We had yep, a couple. This, yeah, this is Lindsay from Cleveland. Come to Cleveland, Ohio. You're one of the few comedians that actually speak truth. I would love to see you here. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Well, guess what? Mark in your book, October 25th, I'll be in Cleveland. The dates will go up on jimbrew.com. Um, and I'm also going to have pre-codes for everyone so they can get the tickets before anyone else. Uh, I think it's, I forgot the name of it. Mimi, no, that's... Uh, Mimi Playhouse, Mimi's Playhouse. I'm playing some cool off the beaten path venues, which is what I wanted to do on this go around before we start getting back into the traditional other, but they're all little theaters and bigger theaters like the old Saybrooks and, and stuff like that. Old Saybrook, Connecticut, which has a deeper connection to my family and my brother that passed a long time ago, uh, Cincinnati across the river from where my dad grew up and his family grew up. And then I'm going to hit the Florida panhandle in Georgia, Alabama, all those in Texas and some of the Northeast. So there you go, Lindsay. We'll see you very soon. All right. So there's our voice messages. You can leave voice messages on jimbrew.com. Mike, the sound guy will get them. There was a lot more, a lot more, uh, but we, that's another whole podcast. So, 
moving on. We have uh, we have Vinny ready to rock. Yeah, let's get Vinny Brand. Vinny Brand owns. He's a comedian, a great human being, and uh, he runs the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And I suckered his ass into coming to Africa with me. What's up, Vinny? Not much, Jim. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too, man. That was a great trip. That was an amazing trip. And so, you know, here's the thing. I came back from Africa, and it sounds so over the top to say it, but it changed me. Africa, right? I, and um, That's why it's my fifth. I'm already planning to go back in January. It's It changes lives, and I, I, I knew that was going to happen to all of you. It, it, it was incredible. And, you know, on the flight back, uh, you know, we're with this great group of people, all of them except you and Dee, I had never met before. Right. 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 And right. Um, my wife back in November said to me, uh, we don't know anybody. And, you know, we decided to go and I, and then we were talking and, and she goes, well, if they're friends in Jim and D, they got to be normal. Right. They got to be normal. Uh, and so they were, like, yeah, they're going to be great people. And you had said to me, you're going to love everybody. And of course we did. And uh, it was, it was just, being out in the Serengeti, where everything's survival of the fittest, and you know, you're talking to the guides, and you're going, "Oh my God, there's a whole nother level of life that's removed from what you call the insanity or the zoo or the mayhem." And it's true; it's really out there. It's right there. It's right there. Uh, the natural right there. pecking order. Of life. Well, yeah. the thing that blows my mind, it still blows my mind, is that there's no guns, none of the guides, none of the camp workers. They're armed with flashlights and on a good day, a stick. And <laughs> right, good I, day, I, really I, good I, walking. I go, oh my God. And and the what the stick, I don't know if they told you, the stick is only for snakes. The stick doesn't work on the lions. It doesn't work on the elephants, obviously. The stick is for snakes. And I said to the guy, I go, well, are they afraid of the light? And he goes, oh, they don't like it. And you know, in your head, you're thinking, I'd rather there be fear. And then we're walking back. And he goes, it only doesn't always work on the buffalo. Right. On the buffalo, you have to shake the light around. And I'm like, Shake the light! Keep shaking the light! <laughs> you know, the guy's like, oh, it's not a problem. And we're walking, and as bored as he could be, he looks in the weeds, and there's an elephant. And he goes, oh, there's an elephant. And he just, I go, wait, stop, where's the elephant? And then he shines the light, and the elephant is right there. Now, listen, right by your tent. You know, right by the tent. And we think, okay, well, you know, an elephant doesn't hurt you. You've, we've all seen elephants at the, the circus before they made it illegal. And, okay, elephants don't hurt. But, you know, actually, no, an elephant could get pissed off and just, you know, smash it or whatever. Um, but he was just bored about it. And the other thing he said to me, we get to my tent, and he goes, uh, he said to Vicky and I, don't come out tonight because your tent is right where the lions, they walk right up and 
I go, what do you mean? He's right here. He goes, you'll, you'll see paw prints in the morning. I'm like, wait. And he's like, yeah, don't worry. So <laughs> it's, it's mind bending. Um, there's so many things I could talk forever. I'll tell you something that blew my mind, Jim. Yeah. And we, we landed in Ethiopia. And in my head, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to use a bathroom in the Ethiopian airport. And it's going to be an Ethiopian airport. It's going to be nasty. You're right. Clean as a whistle. Clean. Cleaner than Newark. Cleaner than Chicago. Way cleaner than Los Angeles. And how is this possible? And then it occurred to me, there's a guy or girl whose job it is to clean the bathroom. Jobs are not easy to come by. So the bathroom is clean. Clean. I mean, right? They have someone in, in when we landed Ethiopia. It's just like you said, people just hear Ethiopia and they think of the 80s, everyone's starving and it's it's gross, it's all dirt and whatever. Spotless. 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 And Spotless. over friendly. Everyone's over friendly. There's no stress, no dirty looks, there's no staring at one another. And then we went into every bathroom you go into, there's someone in the room and the minute you come out of let's say you're in a stall they're in there scrubbing they they wait there is no like every four or five hours every single individual the minute you leave a stall someone's in there scrubbing the whole thing down washing the seat all that chest it's unbelievable even when you go in their lounges uh, the food they had, everything, it just blows, it blows anything in America out of the water. Just completely out, out of the water. You know what? It was there's amazing. One, yeah. What? There's only one sad thing I saw at the Ethiopian airport. Only one thing that bothered me. I don't know if you saw it. I saw Burger King. And in my head, I'm like, oh, no, guys, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Just leave all that stuff in North America. You don't want Burger Kings. Uh, I saw that, it, too. It was, yeah. But you don't I see mean, all the, yeah, the Taco Bells and the McDonald's and the this and the thing. And, the, um, you know, it was incredible, too. Donna, who's Dee's cousin, she noticed something and she went, you know what I found really interesting? And she said this after the second, third day. And that's another thing. When you first land, your first drive, once we land in Tanzania, and we're driving through their busy villages, which are basically look like our flea markets. Imagine right. what imagine what a really big flea market would look like. That's the best with a lot of people driving motorbikes and a billion people walking. And that's basically with, with no cement. It's all it's all dirt paved. There's no cement roads as driveways. A lot of it is, is dirt. And um, they. She goes, you know what I really couldn't believe? And I started noticing it in Ethiopia. Nobody's on the phone. And the people hold their children and they and they hold hands with one another. And they're not there. There is a whole different vibe, a whole different energy. And even when you're going down the streets, you'll see 
children, like multi-age children. You'll see like a 14-year-old boy with his eight-year-old sister, and he's treating her like a like a queen, like a princess, smiling, laughing, holding hands. You'll see groups of kids just walking with no adults around them. Everybody looks after one another. And it, it, it's it's very subtle, but it's a really it's a beautiful thing to see. And then you come back here, it's like people don't want to be with their kids, and the kids are miserable, and mom's on the phone, and dad's busy, and the kids are on the phone, and they're and they're fighting over a latte, and there's a line at Starbucks, and, just, and people are fighting over uh, cutting off penises and who's rights and who should be in a bathroom, and they're like oh. <laughs> Who's the third world country? We are. All right. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a couple we minutes? Have, we have, hey, go ahead. Of course I do. Yeah. I just say this. We have so much time on our hands in this country that we lose sight of everything. We were driving through Arusha and Arusha and there's, like you said, there's a flea market table set up. And Vicky said, um, hey, uh, Aren't you worried about people stealing things? Because no one's watching all these things. And the guy laughed. He goes, no, nah. Vicky, here, if someone stole something, the village would know who it was. And they would drag that person to the center and they would publicly beat him or her. And they would be embarrassed and never steal again. Now, you think about that. Now, obviously, I'm not in favor of public beatings, but Maybe a few public beatings. Maybe, maybe, maybe here and there, beatings. a little, a little smack in the back of the head. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm not saying, a, not saying maybe we should, but, eh. but that that just and the, and that also proves a point. That is moral law. Here, yes, moral God law has been stripped, and now you have deception of. Man law, which is really, I'm telling you, you don't realize, you don't realize that you get here until you get out of here and you realize, oh my God, we've been fed a lot of shit. You know, um, we were told too, there was, uh, oh, when we were at that really nice resort, um, the last one by the crater. The last one. Gora Gora Crater. Gora Gora Crater. So we're leaving. You guys went to the um, the village to 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 see the Maasai mm -hmm. the Maasai village, but we went on a game drive. When we went on a game drive. There was a we stopped and a kid came up, and he was like begging. I yeah, like, I said I don't have I don't have anything. I don't. And our driver goes, he's a he's a naughty boy. He's a naughty boy. And he opened up the window and he started talking like Swahili to him. And he basically said, I'm going to talk to your father. You should be ashamed of what you're doing. That's not nice what you're doing. And I saw the looks you were giving. You were giving evil looks. He goes, Dude, I'm going to talk to your father. And he, I was like, who does that? God, can you imagine yeah. doing that in our country right now? Holy crap. You can't even defend yourself if your son is 
is has been infiltrated mentally and wants to change his gender, you're the e which by the way, we gotta get into this. I think you brought it up. I don't remember. And you brought up Matt Walsh. Um, yeah. And, go, and you went, can I ask some, like we started asking villagers, guys in the middle of Serengeti. Hey, um, you know, this guy, Matt Walsh, or, or you said Matt Walsh. And I went, oh my God, that uh, everyone should see what is a woman. Everybody should see what is a woman because the reason why you should see it it shows you exactly where listen to this word the agenda the agenda starts from where the sick dark demonic test started and how it regurgitated into our society today and matt walsh for those you don't know in what is a woman, he goes to an African tribe and he starts talking about, is any of the men ever wanted to do the woman things? And, you know, he does translate. And, and the old wise man just goes, and he goes, no, 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 absolutely not. Maybe they can help because they can't hunt or something's up, but no, the man does the man things. The woman does the woman things. Okay. Then he goes, what about, does the, the man ever think he's a woman? And now, uh, uh, do you want me to, you know, you can tell by the, the, the tribes when we go, you really want me to ask those? Okay. You want me to, um, and he don't know if it's a comedy. He's like, then the el the elderly guy goes, uh, and he goes, no, absolutely not. That's just no. You're like insulting his intelligence now. Then he goes, all right, well, what has a man ever wanted to like cut off his genitals and become a woman? Like think he's a woman? And you know, you see the translator. He's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> the whole tribe starts laughing and the elderly does not laugh he points to his head and starts showing concern and the translator said he goes that is a human being that is sick in the head they are diseased they are sick. And he doesn't say like they're sick human. They said, unfortunately, that that person became sick, diseased in the head. Now, you can't protest that because that's uh that's real life. What they think. That's what they think. Well, now yeah, so cut to we start asking the questions to to our guys. And Vinny, am I exaggerating? When I said I showed them the picture, what what is the the guy who's a transgender that is the head of our health department in America? Admiral Admiral Rachel Admiral Levine. Admiral, Admiral Rachel Levine. Admiral Levine, and I take the picture and I show it to them. 
Am I exaggerating? They went like this. this is, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to imitate the guy. He went like this. They went. <laughs> what? what? No. What? Are you serious? Like they they were yeah. shot. And then I said, Do you know there's people fighting against a parent that knows this is morally wrong? Knows by the, uh, the the order of life that this is wrong and people are demonizing this. And there's governors such as Governor Murphy in New Jersey and many other governors that are actually pushing this behavior and this thought process. And you can't get funded money. They threaten you by money offerings. If you don't push this, you don't get any more money to keep your university going. That all my life, am I exaggerating? They were no, you're not. They were beyond horrified and shocked that this exists. And when you when you start talking to other countries about what's going on here, you realize we are the third world country. We are the twisted individuals in the universe, and we are. And nobody's doing nothing. Everyone just hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, we're it's it's you don't realize it until you're in places like that. You realize, you know what? Yeah, this is sick and disturbing. Not that's my description, sick and disturbing. What what bothers me uh is listen, if someone wants to change your gender, change your gender. You're an adult, change your gender. When you're a man, when you're an what, adult, when you're so 25 true. and over, 25 and over at the least. Yeah. Well, you know, what's remarkable to me is Okay, so let's say someone believes it. Okay, believe it. But it shouldn't then become my job to believe it too. Now, listen, I'm compassionate. Let everybody do what they want to do. I don't care what you do. However, however, it is a little jarring that we have this massive increase in this behavior and it doesn't even exist in Africa. They, 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 you know, people we talk about, and that doesn't even exist here. So, what's happening? What's happening? Something's happening. And you know, I talked to a friend of mine the other day, and he goes, "Ah, oh, it's just a, you know, it's been undercover for so many years here. It's been undercover." And I'm like, "Listen, I'm on the planet now, a good 40 years, and uh, I, I, to me, it's very apparent that all of a sudden this bloom." of of ideology has taken over now again let me be perfectly clear if some individual as an adult makes this determination okay but, so but to but well to tell me as a parent that i don't have the right to know what my child is doing in school so if my kid goes to school in new jersey and and says to the administration, I want to be known as something other than what I am. The school is now being told you can't share that with the parents. And to me, that's just a perversion of what is right. Because the school tells me if you've just crossed moral code and moral code is above any law by human that any government official then can create or pass 
you've now just went in the demonic dark you you just claimed yourself above god's moral code whether you believe in god or not that is a code of ethics spine faith soul do the right thing you just crossed the line on every single battle and that's that's governors are doing that well here's the thing so so in a school my kid gets straight a's the school tells me my kid is failing the school tells me my kid gets picked on the school tells me my kid picks on someone the school tells me if my kid does anything good or even average everything is reported back here's the report card on what your child is doing in school that's our job we we send our kids to school by law and the school has to report back to us but this one area which is what would impact on a human being more their algebra score or potentially changing their gender I, i'm going to go out on a limb and tell you algebra will not impact 99% of all human lives, okay? Not very few human beings are at the supermarket going, well, I have three kumquats and I want to get two bananas. <laughs> if I divide three by, no one gives a shit. But on this one area, which will impact every single moment of that child's life forever. Ever. Now the, right, now the school gets to know that privately. And when you think about that, you start to think, well, wait a minute. You're now creating what I'm gonna call a sacred primitive bond with the child that the parents don't get to know about. This is, this is every bad child predator saying, I'm gonna give you candy, but you can't tell your parents. Don't tell your parents, I'm gonna give you this candy. You know, you and I, we have a secret. And now the child becomes bound to the predator and the predator now has groomed that child. When you take an administration and say, you can have this secret, we'll keep it for you. We'll keep this for you, right? If I came to you, Jim, and you told me some dark secret, you're bound to me in some way. Right? Jim and I were the only two that know that. And by the way, everyone's listening. Jim and I have a lot of secrets. <laughs> so anyway, so, but, but you know, so to me, it's like, all right, so if, if a whatever, I don't want to be cliche, if some child groomer were doing what the school districts are now going to do, right? We're going to know about not not even something listen your sexuality is base that's the core of your existence right that's the very and core you of your existence be taught that what your existence truly is and your role in humanity and why you have genitals and why you have a vagina and why you get a period and why you give birth and why you exist and how important a fatherhood is and how important a motherhood is in all creation of life. And again, that's 
You don't need trust. Up. Dude, you just said what I consider something truly brilliant. Our government has become the predator. Wow. Predator is a perfect name, what you just said, Vinny. That's a brilliant, they're predators. Well, you, thank you. Well, let me tell you this. This is what's so fascinating about all of it, right? Is that, you know, if you look at what's happening, like in Middletown Township, they just voted and said, and all the votes said, by the way, all the votes said was, okay, if you come to school and you want to change your sexual orientation, or I, that's not the right phrase. If you want to become something other than a boy or a girl, you want to become, uh, you know, a girl, be a girl or a girl, become a boy, whatever. It's not happening. Well, what, well, what they said is, okay, not, not. The school board said, not you're not allowed to. The school board made all the provisions that the state wanted, right? They made all the provisions that the state wanted, but they said, we're also going to notify the parents. And that's the, now the state of New Jersey is suing three school boards in New Jersey saying, no, you can't do this. And listen, I'm a father. I have six children. And, you know, I have been notified by the school district about good and bad that my children have done. I, I've been at the Board of Ed when my children were honored. I've been in a principal's office when they were not being honored. And uh, the bottom line is that's the report card. Now, not only are we not going to tell the parents, but what the state and what the what the the line of reasoning is, you're putting transgender children's lives in danger. And and who would the danger be from, Jim? From your parents. You will be in danger from your parents if you tell your parents this secret that Mrs. Johnson, the gym teacher, gets to know. Your and parent is the enemy. So that to me, now listen, I, I have a lot of friends and, you know, they all know I'm very open-minded. I really so am. I, lo I love so everybody. So am I. But I know you are. And, and the thing is that if I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, the state is telling me that if the school tells the parent the child's in danger, so let me get this straight. The child's not in danger if all the administration and all the kids in school know, and those are people that do not have an inherent true love for that human being your gym teacher may love timmy and your history teacher may love sally but not the way a parent loves a child nobody can replace that love and so what's the danger well the danger is if mommy and daddy find out what what is that what is the logic that's a sick and twisted and it's so you know what the logic is money all comes down power control money and i'm i'm gonna say this too that's pure demon devil shit that is that is not come from a good human being place that comes from pure evil and if you're willing to sell your morals i want to know every school board council that approves what you just said they have proven they will sell your child's soul so they can.
can either be in a more powerful position or get that grant or whatever little cash flow they get from the government. Your our government has gone full blown sadistic. Dude, it's and I have no problem saying prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. You know, it, you don't it's, like and prove me wrong. Where's you, that from? Explain that to me. When you look at what even you and I talking on this podcast, right? So there's a danger that the that the other group will come after me now. No matter how many no, but what I mean is no matter how Eleven many of times them. I say I love everybody. Yeah. Right? Now anyone that knows me knows I love everybody. But we've now entered in this country into a conspiracy of silence. That's what I call it. And the conspiracy of silence means if you speak out and you say, gee, I think that might be wrong. Even if you say, for example, I accept all people, all people as yep. equal, right? I love everybody. Let Rob become Sally. Let Sally become Rob. Let Rob stay Rob. Let say, I don't give a shit what you do. I don't care what you do. However, however, I do think it's wrong that the school district have a secret from the parents. Well, now the other side will go, he's transphobic. He's this, he's that. And they label and they slap Racist, you with labels. sexist, extremist, this, this, homophobic. They use the same terms. They're bullies that use the same terms. It's time to face the bully and shove them back. Because that's all I, I got think it's is happening. words. You're phobic. Oh, it is happening. It's happening. There is no choice. There's no choice. Um, so with that said, this is all based out of African, a conversation with true Africans in the bush who looked at us, me and Vinny, in complete astonishment, as we're saying all this and showing pictures and showing articles, they really looked at us as if we were perhaps the most crazy humans in the world. And that is how the world is looking at the United States of America. And all of us that have grown up saying, rah, rah, we're number one. Yeah, man, I was in that too. My dad was in World War II. Uh, I have a cousin that never came back from Vietnam. So don't give me the whole whatever. I, I, it's, we need to wake up. We've been taken over. Do. From within. You know, it's, and they need to be removed. We're being taken over. Immediately. The conspiracy, of, the conspiracy of silence is so powerful. Based right? on fear. So It's all fear. It's all fear. January sixth. So, you see, you see what happened January sixth, dude. Let me tell you something. Even if January sixth was real, and yes, I do say was real because I ask questions about everything. I don't know if it was a setup. I don't know if it was bullshit. I don't know if it was the other side. I don't know. And you can get pissed off all you want. That wasn't no insurrection. You know what an insurrection is? When the shit is burnt down and they drag the officials into the streets and they tear them limb. To that's an insurrection. And then the military. That's an insurrection. January 6th was a, a, a they've done that a billion times, Storm. This is it's all horse shit. Now, with that said, that all pushes you to be silent. Even if you know when you know you're morally right, 
and you're silenced, don't you dare let the de don't you dare let the devil put his foot on your throat. You know what's right and wrong. Stand up. Now, another conversation. This is another biggie that we had right there in the middle of Serengeti with clear-minded, unpoliticized, pure human nature. I go, Muammar Gaddafi. Remember Muammar Gaddafi? And what did they both say? They said, yeah, he was, he was a, their perspective on Gaddafi was that he took care of the people, he was a good president, and that he was widely regarded as someone that took care of his people, the, the people of Libya. Uh, that's what they said. Yes. Um, then so, I said, well, since he got <laughs> killed, what is Libya like? And what happened since Muammar Gaddafi was removed as far as what an African said that has no political agenda whatsoever? Just innocently said, what? They said that Libya now is an absolute disaster. Super dangerous, poor, unstable. What was the word? Human, huge, human trafficking. Yeah. Human and sex trafficking yep. in Libya. Who went after Libya? We did. Well, Since removal, one of the worst African nations and a hub for human trafficking. Which brings us back to the movie Sound of Freedom. Have you and seen it yet? No. I gotta go see it. Good friend of mine said you have to see the movie. I feel like I already know, but I think people don't want to understand that perhaps we're one of the real bad guys. I think that we're when you one of the ones at, really involved. When you look at human trafficking, in my opinion, again, just an opinion, the people that are that are uh, involved in human trafficking, trafficking, the ones that are buying human beings would be the extremely wealthy, extremely powerful. And the ones selling them would be extremely wealthy from the side of human beings. And it, it's, it's certainly not some plumber in Leonardo buying a sex slave, right? Um, so it's almost, I would think, and again, I've not looked into it. I'm just using common sense. You got to have some money to be... I mean, if I said to you tomorrow, hey, go buy a sex slave, you wouldn't even know where to look because you haven't had access to that level of, you know. Evergreen? Story. I don't know. Exactly. So, you know, that's the thing that the very powerful almost have to know about. The very wealthy have to know. And, well, you know, when you look I think, I think what's her name? Uh, um, McCain. Is yeah. his wife in government still? Uh, I I thought his There's daughter some, was. Uh, I'm looking up now. I'm, so it's either his wife or his daughter. I think it's his wife because she looked older. Okay. She's on the panel and on video, flat out says, we all knew what was going on there. You know, it's like everything. Um, you know, we, we it hides in plain sight. Epstein was hiding in plain sight. We all knew about him. 
We all knew what he was doing, but we had no one that was no um, uh, legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him for whatever reason. They were afraid of him. So this is a woman in government, our government, that says in front of a panel. Well, we all knew what was going on there. I mean, so if it's mentioned in from a person from our government, and then you have Ricky Gervais talking about it at the Oscars, part of yeah. my friend, what the f is going on? Well, they have to know. Again, who would have that kind of money? Think about who has access to that kind of money and how would you keep a secret? Uh, yeah, Cindy McCain, January 24 of 2020, right before the pandemic, right before the world shut all the world down, we all knew about Epstein. Um, Cindy McCain, widow of John Kennedy, blasted authorities who were afraid to arrest convicted sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein was hiding in plain sight, said Cindy McCain. We all knew about him. We all knew what he was doing, but we had no, but we had no one that was no legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him. For whatever reason, they were afraid of him. Someone in government just admitted to it in front of the world to see. I was just in Africa where we were told Muammar Gaddafi, which I don't know shit about. I do know that he was demonized. And we have Africans saying he was an incredible human being for the people. Which, by the way, when a leader cannot walk amongst the people... Is he really to be trusted? And you look at some of the leaders that we killed. They walked amongst the people. And was it because of fear? I don't know. And what I can say about Gaddafi <clears throat> is that the guys we talked to said, without question, Libya without has question. become a shithole since his fall. Hey, before we go into this next section, I know the 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 social media police is going to try to edit. They're going to try to uh, say uh, whatever, fact check, true, false, whatever. Do your own research. And these are just stories, real, true, heart stories from the actual person, how they lived it, what they heard, what they experienced. We're not saying it's because of the or whatever, but you should listen to these stories because they're real and they're not, they don't have an agenda. So before anyone there in the social media world tries to say, hey, this is blah, 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 just stories, not saying they're right, not saying they're wrong, just saying. We have to start. We have to push back. We have to tell these stories because, well, you know, you, know, I, I'm... Agenda? you have no agenda. This is a real story. And the fact that you have to be so scared to tell what happened to your daughter. Yes. Child. I told the story to a comedian in the green room. Now, Jim, if I say to someone in the green room, you know what I heard? I heard about a guy from a guy, from a guy, from a guy. <clears throat> you can call me an idiot for that. Right. I'm telling the story happened to me, to my yeah. family. Yeah, right away. You're Trump. You're fucking Trump. Or, look, yeah, and and that's how diseased they've become. It's They're unbelievable. Diseased. And again, listen, <clears throat> I'm not getting a booster. I'm not getting a booster. Well, they, keep, 
They keep telling me to get a booster. By the way, I got the booster. <laughs> How do you sell a booster anymore? Are they not giving you free cheeseburgers anymore? Uh, Jim, I never got COVID until after the booster. I never had it. A lot of my friends did. You, you know, my, my, I have a one comedian friend I used to bring around all the time. And, you know, he kind of left when he when our visions weren't the same. He just recently came back and went, hey, man, I changed all my views. I went, really? He goes, yeah, especially when I got my child, his one-year-old, zapped. Uh, and he goes, and, you know, double zapped his child. And then the kid got COVID. I mean, hello, blatant lie to your face. To your face, your own government. Biden said it right to everyone. Hey, if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. Oh, misinformation. Your president just said it, you dummy. Yeah. Well, did you know that? Here we go. The National IHR Focal Point for the United Kingdom informed the World Health Organization of an increase in severe myocarditis in neonatus and infants. Now, how? Cheeseburgers. So, so I'm going to, I have to actually, uh, I, I would love to do this podcast again, by the way. Yeah, we got, we'll, do, we'll hit another time, man. We, we cry, you, I can't thank you enough. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of this also resurfaced because we were in Africa. Yeah. And you deprogrammed and we're not on social media. And we see life's existence the way it's supposed to be in the moral code of the creator and the way soul and energy lives, all united, all connected. And then you come here and we think it's all amazing and perfect. And I'm starting to wonder, we may be that third world country, that that communist, you know, we look at China and everyone else say, oh, you know, they have no rights. No, we're in the same if not worse, uh, they, well, just, they just do it in a different dimension. You know, your freedom of speech. No, you don't. Cause you're demonized. You don't have freedom of thought. No, you don't. You're demonized unless you're along, uh, the demons way of thinking. And I pray to God, everyone wakes up their morals. You get in touch with your creator and you understand the ethic moral code of life and how the power of fear is used for your health, to take away your children, to to groom your children, dude. Our local governments, our school boards, are predators. Are let me predators. let me say the following thing. Very important. And I, I could listen to you all day long. I'll say the following thing. The government. Everyone was always afraid of the government restricting your right of free speech and restricting your right of guns and the government couldn't do that so that they did and what they watched is we did it to ourselves so if i say hey i don't think x there's 10 million people on many brands of this so we did it to ourselves our freedom of speech has been removed by our fear the conspiracy fear, fear. now this is what i have to confer before I leave. Obviously, I've said it a million times. I welcome and love everybody. But this is the most important thing I'm going to say today. Jim, I gave you a nickname in Africa. And <laughs> and I, I, it's the perfect nickname. You are a life Sherpa. 
And a Sherpa is a guide. That's the guide that takes people to the top of the Himalayan mountains, the biggest one, uh, Everest. That's that's what you are. And it's a funny thing because a hundred years ago, when I met you for the first time at a normal level, meaning you're just Jim Brewer and I'm just Benny Brand. And I said to you, how come you're not in Hollywood, you know, doing all this stuff? And at this point in time, you're in Chester, New Jersey. And, and I was like, Hollywood. Yep. And, and I'll never forget. You went, fuck that. I'll be with my family, my kids, and my mother, and my father. And you said to me, I got a group of people I meet at the coffee shop every day. And, and you know, they're just normal people. And it was at that moment that I said, I like this guy. Because that's, for me, I never went and slept on the couches in Hollywood and, and did all that crap. And I, it made me appreciate you instantly that way. And then when we went to Africa, and I go, oh, man, Brewery's been telling me about this for 16 years. Yeah. And so uh, I just want to say thank you for getting us all there. What a great, great, great time. And uh, if you weren't on this trip, it wouldn't have been. I know for a fact it wouldn't have got you were the light. You and Vicky were the light of this trip. I cannot. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I if I ever get to I, I got to bring we got to do more trips. And I know. Oh, you, yeah. As time moves on, I'll plan them. And next time you bring your kid. Hey, thank you so much. You, you're the best. I love you. Thank you, brother. I love you, too, man. All the best. Take care. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm going to make some statements now. Not everything I said today was a fact and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get, I basically don't want YouTube to get, uh, do their, do their little fact checking or whatever and say, this is this and this. I told you all truth. To, I told you stories. Vinny told you his real life stories and what the real doctor said. So you can't sit there and say, this is not, no, this is what really happened. These are real conversations. If you want to hear them, I'm going to give Mike the whole conversation in Africa and you'll hear from their mouths what they were saying about all of it. So at the end of the day, I guess all I want to tell you is, listen, we're all here for a reason. We're here for a reason. And we've taken out that thought process. We've taken out spirituality. We've taken out the creator. We've taken out God, we've taken out moral code. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. And when we, when your government, when your school board, when your local officials are trying to convince you that your moral code, your spine, your soul, your spirit, is wrong, you better watch out because this is going on. Infiltration instead of invasion. And that is what's going on right now. And if you want to continue to be silent, you want to continue to live in fear, you want to continue to listen to them and allow them to do what they're doing, that's going to be on you. That's all on you. The rest of you, you know what time it is.
Wow. Thanks for, um, thank you for letting me go off today. This was a, a long session of the Bruniverse and it felt great. And I wish you a wonderful week. And I, and I, I, and I pray to God that you realize how valuable your life truly is and how beautiful life is. And when you turn off that phone and you stop watching those, uh, that television and you stop getting involved with your so-called uh, politics and who you think stands for you and you understand only you stands for you and we're all connected and they're doing a damn good job of ripping that apart. You'll start living in a better place and understand you don't have to live in fear anymore. It's time to be fearless. Thanks for checking out the Bruniverse. We'll see you next week. Take care, Mike. Yeah, you too, man. Take it easy. Hey, Tom Bray. Bye. This was a beast of an episode, and due to the nature of some of the topics, had to be cut due to YouTube's guidelines. If you want to check it out raw, head over to jimbrewer.com slash Patreon for the entire thing uncut. Hey, this is Jim Brewer, and I got my own Patreon page, and hopefully you'll check it out. Live comedy concert streamed once a month. Weekly, you host your own podcast and you interview me. Early access to the Bruniverse podcast every single week and have bonus footage and bonus segments. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. Go check out my official Jim Brewer Patreon page and I'll see you there.